I want to bring your attention to the freedom and the goodness of God. I want to bring your attention back to those things that cannot shake. Those things that have withstood the test of time because they're beyond time, and that is the goodness of our Savior and the goodness of God. So no matter what happens around us, we have a grace, a goodness, and a freedom in Christ. And this morning, we're going to talk about that. We're going to continue in our series from a few weeks ago. We've been looking at the book of Galatians. And if you've got your Bibles handy, I'd like you to turn to Galatians chapter 4. I want to read a number of verses, and then I want to share some thoughts as to living a life as in slavery or living a life of freedom. The freedom that Christ brings or the slavery that we bring and I want to take a few moments and give us some practical thoughts on how we can live that out and how we can experience that today. It's very much a supernatural life in an unsupernatural world. Living a supernatural life in a very unsupernatural world. So Galatians chapter 4 verses 21 to 31. It says, Tell me, you who want to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondwoman and one by the free woman. But the son of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh, and the son by the free woman through the promise. This is allegorically speaking. For these women are two covenants, one proceeding from Mount Zion, Sinai, bearing children who are to be slaves. She is Hagar. Now, this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the, but the Jerusalem above is free. She is our mother, for it is written... Rejoice, barren woman, who does not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the desolate than of the one who has a husband. And you, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. But as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him, who was born according to the Spirit, so it is now so. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of a bondwoman, but of the free woman. We are not children of a bondwoman, but of the free woman. Amen. Let's take a moment and let's just pray. Father, I just ask in these few moments that we have together that you would quicken my thoughts, Lord, as we've taken this time to spend in your word, to grow and to learn more about you. Lord, that I would be able to express the passion, the emotion that you have for each one of your children. In your precious name, 
Amen. All right. First thing I want you to know is you are born into freedom. Now, in this passage, Paul talks about the free woman and the bond woman. And what's interesting in that culture, in the Greek culture, but also very much so in the Jewish culture, the child took the identity of the mother. The mother was the one that provided the identity for the child. And whatever class of society, whatever class of society or privilege that the mother had, that is what class or the privilege or the societal um, makeup or the class that that child was recognized at. It wasn't the father, it was the mother that provided that. It's very interesting, the language, even the language that Paul is speaking here. He's speaking to people that understood the concept of slavery and also the concept of freedom. He also is speaking to those who understood the, the societal and the um, family structure of the importance of a mother. And the child took on the identity of the mother. The, the culture of that day was the mother was the one that provided the identity. So if we look at this passage, Paul is telling them, listen, you are a child of promise. The promise was supernatural. I referred to that earlier, living a supernatural life in an unsupernatural world. The promise was supernatural. If we go back a little bit in our thoughts and in our memory of, of Abraham and Sarah, Abraham was nine, 99 years old, 100 years old basically, and Sarah was, I believe, in her early 90s, beyond the age of childbearing. In fact, when the angel of the Lord talked to Abraham, Sarah heard that she was going to have a child, and she laughed. Because she knew it was impossible. So this morning, I want to talk about a life that lives supernaturally, that the impossible becomes possible. When we take a look at the life of Christ, when you take a look at the words that describe Christ, he's more than enough. In another passage, it says that he does exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what we ask or think. And in Luke, it even says when you cast your bread upon the water, it's going to come back on every wave, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will men put into your bosom. The, the life that we live in freedom, in Christ is a supernatural life, and it goes beyond what we imagine or what we think. And this is because of what Christ has done. We take the identity of the one who birthed us, and we are born of the Spirit. I'm not born of the flesh. I'm born of the Spirit. I think of that in today's world I don't live according to the dictates of the world. I live according to the dictates of the scriptures. Everything that I do, I find in the scriptures. Talking about how I'm born, living a supernatural life, 
finances. I find that in the scriptures. The scriptures talk about how the finances affects us. And when I live according to the word of God, I can apply those principles. Relationships, marriage, family, peace, mental health. These are all things that you can find in the scriptures that give us the promise. And we are children of the promise. We're children of promise. And because of that, that is how I live. That is my expectation. Am I there 100%? Depends who you ask. <laughs> no, I'm not there 100%. But by the grace of God, I'm better today than I was yesterday. And tomorrow, by the grace of God, I will be better and closer and growing and growing and growing, becoming more like Christ as I learn to walk a life of freedom. You take on the identity of the one that birthed you, which is an identity of freedom, identity of promise. Jesus says, who the Son has set free is free indeed, unquestionably. No argument. You are set free because the one who set you free is the one who is able to, whom the Son has set free, is free indeed. Another verse says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Here's a thought. Spend time with the presence of God, and you will spend more time in freedom than you will in bondage and in slavery and having chains on you. Living a supernatural life in an unsupernatural world. As I was going through this, a thought came to me. Do not live in a world of less than. Don't live in a world of less than. The moment that I settle for things that are less than what God has for me, I am not settling or pursuing or going after what God has for me. And in that moment, I'm not reaching the full potential of what Christ has for me. I'm not trying to paint a picture of unrealistic expectations, what I'm trying to paint a picture of is a picture of supernatural power, supernatural grace, supernatural wisdom, supernatural finances, supernatural peace, those things that go beyond what we think based on the surroundings around us and pressing into God and seeing what he has for us. The moment I accept Less than what God has for me is the moment I don't have the full impact of what God has for me. So learn how to pursue what God has for you. Last night, as we were doing some time of prayer uh, with Pastor Nelson, he prayed and, and the verse that came to him was, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. There's an aggression, there's a pursuit, there's a mindset of not passivity, but a mindset of going after those things that God has for you. Don't just sit back, but pursue. Learn how to have a mindset that I want to see what God has for me. 
I've got a few thoughts about how to do this. I want to switch right away into some of the practical aspects of living a supernatural life in an unsupernatural world. A couple thoughts that I have for you. In this passage, the, one of the first words that Paul says is, tell me, you who want to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? The thing that I have for you is living in freedom is a choice. Living in freedom is a choice. In Romans chapter 12, it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, your thought life, the process, those things that you um, take and you articulate and you filter through. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which would indicate to me that quite often my thoughts need to be challenged and I need to take captivity those thoughts that are not godly thoughts or don't exalt Christ and I need to take them captivity and I, I got to say, God, what do you say? Living a life of freedom is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice you make. You need to decide. Years ago, years ago, I remember a sermon that Pastor Daniel preached. And the title of that sermon, I've never forgotten it. The title of that sermon was Choose Joy. You have the ability to choose the results that you want. You say, well, what if somebody else is involved in it? Well, choose. I have a right and I have the ability, not the I have the ability to choose how I'm going to respond. I have the ability to choose how I'm going to react. I have the ability to choose how I'm going to think. I have the ability to choose to give 100%. I have the ability to choose to pursue. I have the ability to choose to love. I have that ability. So you have the ability to choose freedom. In fact, you either get in the way of that or let the way, truth, and life get into you. Have you ever found that sometimes the biggest obstacle is you? I've found that. Sometimes I'm more frustrated with myself than I am with others or with things that are happening because I'm struggling to release and to pursue the freedom that Christ has for me. I got another thought here. It's not always God's fault that I'm not happy. If I decide to choose freedom, it's not God's fault that I'm not happy. God has provided it. God has done it. God has performed it. God has redeemed us. We now have the ability to choose to accept. Joshua, as he was talking to the children of Israel when they were getting ready to, to conquer the land and they were in that process, he said, choose you this day whom you will serve. And then he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose. You have the ability to choose freedom or slavery, bondage. And my, the good news is Jesus breaks the bondage. So that bondage, that harassment, that chain that used to be around you, whether it's a chain of addiction, whether it's a chain of habits, 
whether it's a chain of lifestyle, whether it's a chain of abuse, whether it's a chain of, of disappointment, whatever that chain is that binds you or grabs you or tries to pull you, Christ has broken it and he says, listen, you're born of the Spirit. You are free and you're free indeed. Live and choose to live in that freedom. It's a choice. Freedom is a choice. And it's God's, God already gave it to us. So it's not, sometimes I think we ask God to do things we need to do. And we ask God if we can do the things he needs to do. For instance, God, would you help me not get angry with somebody? And he says, I've given you that ability. Pray for them, bless them. So we're asking God for him to do something where he's already given us that ability. And yet there's other times where we say, God, can I just do this to that person? And God says, no, that's not your job. That's mine. God, it's not God's fault if I'm not happy. I have that choice. Paul says, I believe it's Paul who says, in everything, give thanks. In everything. In Romans 8, it says all things work together for good. You have the choice to live in freedom. Living in freedom is a choice you make. The second thing, the practical thing I want you to do, see here, the first practical thing is learn how to make choices of freedom. Decide, no, Christ paid the price for that. My choice is this. The second thing I want you to see is to think twice and ask God. Think twice and ask God. Practically speaking, we live in a day of reactions. We live in a day of rage. We live in a world where it's my opinion matters. And quite often, if we're not careful, we get caught up in that web and we get caught up into that frenzy. And instead of taking a step back and saying, God, what are you doing here? What are you seeing here? We get caught up in that frenzy and I've seen people have made mistakes. I've done things where it's like, oh, why did I do that? I wasn't thinking. I should have asked God. Practically speaking, if you want to learn how to live in freedom, learn how to think twice and ask God. What, what are you doing here, God? God, why... Did that person respond in that manner? Maybe that person's having a bad day. Maybe that person lost their job. Maybe that person uh, had an expense that came up that they weren't planning on. Maybe that person had an argument. Maybe that person lost a loved one. Maybe that person, and, and all of a sudden we start asking God, and when you ask God, he does answer. It says in James, if you ask for wisdom, he gives it liberally. Say, say, God, can you help me here? Why is this business situation not working out? Instead of jumping in, God, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to think twice. And I'm going to say, God, what are you doing here? This is a practical way to live in freedom. Most of the mistakes I made are not because God, it's because of David. So learn how to step back. Don't push the send button. Take it back. Think about it. In the word of God, it says, 
Think on these things. And he talks about things that build up, edify, purity, holy, good thoughts. Don't think on those things that damage or break down or, or to tear down, but think on these things. Think twice. Ask God. We are children of promise, which is a miracle. A child of promise is a miracle. So if you want to live under the promise, ask God. Think twice. Ask God. Here's a thought in respect to that. A miracle sometimes has to do with your physical location. The physical place where you're at is where the miracle happens. If you study in the Word of God, sometimes the people came to Jesus. Sometimes Jesus spoke the Word and healed, but there were times when they came, they changed their physical location, and they said, there's something happening there. I'm going to go where I see God moving, and I want a touch from God. The miracle sometimes is connected to your physical location. Beware of where you are. Think twice. Ask God. In this passage, in Galatians 4.23, it says that they, they lived according to the flesh, according to the flesh, or through the promise. Galatians 4.23. They lived according to the flesh. The word according means down the line from. In accordance with or down the line, if this happens, therefore these things are going to happen in accordance to. It's not a bad thing. It's a very powerful principle. It's like a principle of sowing and reaping, according to. But they said they lived according to the flesh. One of the thoughts in that passage is the picture that I get is a picture of living according to is living based on the demands and the control of what was done. If you want to experience the promise, if you want to experience a miracle, live through the promise, not according to the flesh. There's a difference in those two words. According is, is down the line. The word through is a channel by which something happens, or the word dia, which literally means going through. I live through, or the channel of the promise is how I live. This is challenging. This is challenging. I haven't figured it out 100%, but I'm learning and I'm growing, and I'm learning how to live through the promise. And when you live through the promise, what you do is you live through the completed work of Christ, through the miracle of what he did, and you position yourself, you place yourself and say, I'm going to live according to what his word says his word says, if I sow, I reap. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sow happiness. I'm going to sow peace into this relationship. And my expectation is for the relationship to flourish. I either live through what Christ did or I live according to my heart, my desires, my flesh, and, and those things. And quite often when we do that, the result is death. It's a dead end. It's not fruitful. It's not life-giving. So if you want to learn 
how to live supernatural in an unsupernatural world, think twice, ask God. Third part is to live a life free of slavery or to live a life in a supernatural way in an unsupernatural world. Learn how to be led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. In this passage, it talks about that those who are born of Sarah were born of the free woman. And then he gives some prophetic words there. Being led by the Spirit. He talks about how the unbarren woman should shout for joy because of what the, the, past, the, the future is and the blessings and the, the fact that there will be multitudes. What he's talking about is he's talking about a life in the Spirit. A life in the Spirit is a life beyond the natural. But it connects to the natural. The life of the Spirit is a life of supernatural. And if you want to learn how to live supernatural in an unsupernatural world, learn how to be led by the Spirit. Jesus was led by the Spirit. He was baptized, he came up, and the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Sometimes where the Spirit leads you may not be the place that your flesh wants to go, but it's where God says, no, this is where the supernatural is birthed, is grown, is honed, is challenged, and is, is seen to grow and to flourish. Learn how to be led by the Spirit. Choose, think twice, Allow the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. These are practical ways that you can learn how to live a supernatural life in an unsupernatural world. These are ways that you can see and experience the freedom that Christ has for you instead of the slavery of the flesh and the law and the demands of that. Hallelujah. Live by being led by the Spirit. Slavery, which is opposite to being led by the Spirit, slavery in this passage dictates something that controls. Something that controls. It's an exterior force, but it controls, and it puts a burden and a bondage, and sometimes it is a very hard thing. But when you're led by the Spirit, it compels you, it draws you, it pulls you. And yes, it is strong, but it's something that's saying, come here, come this way. Learn how to experience and recognize being led by the Spirit. I've had it a few times where I have been sitting down in a chair and all of a sudden I've just felt the Spirit say, David, just take some time with me. And I might grab my Bible or my iPad and scroll through some passages. I may look at some thoughts that I had written down from some devotional time. Learn how to be led by the Spirit. I believe the Spirit speaks to each and every one of us. So it's learning how to hear His voice. Paul is so passionate in this passage and in this book 
that he's talking about the freedom that Christ has for you. And my desire is for you and myself to learn how to walk in that unmitigated, unchallenged realm of the supernatural that God has for us. Yes, it's challenged by us, but it's not challenged by God. He has it for us. There is a freedom in Christ, and you are born into that freedom. It's not something you do. It's not something you have to conjure up. That freedom is how you've been born. And you take on that identity of being born in freedom, being born of promise. That is how you've been birthed. My citizenship, because I'm born that way, my citizenship is in heaven. I may have a temporary home here on earth, but my citizenship, my home is in heaven. Be careful. Think twice. Ask God. Choose carefully. Be led by the Spirit. Here's another one for you. Know your source. Paul in this passage talks about being of the bondwoman or being of the free woman. Know your source. Christ is your source. Christ is your source. In everything you do, Look to him, passionately follow him, go after him, seek after him. Know your source. And the last thing is learn how to live differently. Freedom demands a different way of life. Freedom demands a different way of living. You cannot continue living the old way and expect a new result or new life. When Christ came, he translated us, he took us from that kingdom of darkness, and he brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. I now live differently. You and I live a different life. Challenge is learning how to live that in this world, but that's part of living a supernatural life in an unsupernatural world the down and dirty of the world. And how you do that is you live differently. I have a whole different set of ways I live. Some people look to great books on philosophy and stuff. I look at the greatest book ever written, and this is how I live. I live according to the dictates and the written word of God. Amen. You are set free. Your marriage should be different. Your finances should be different. Your joy level should be different. Your way of expressing joy should be different. How you handle stress should be different. How you handle disappointment should be different. Why? Because I live differently. I live according to the freedom that Christ has for me. I don't live according to the bondage or the slavery of the flesh and the law. I live according to what Christ has for me. Amen. Amen. In closing, I'd like to pray for you. Quite often... I will pray the, the prayer from, from Numbers chapter 6, the, the Lord bless you and keep you. But today, I'd like to pray a dangerous prayer. I'd like to pray a prayer that if you jump online with me and you say, let's go for it, let's do it, could actually affect you this week in a good way. A dangerous prayer. 
And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you, if you're able to, put your hand on your heart. Because we're not in this physical building together. We're, we're meeting virtually over online. So if we can take this moment and just, if you're able to, and I know there may be children, there may, may be other distractions in the home, but if you can take a moment and put your hand on your heart, I'd like to pray for you. And as I'm praying, what I'd like you to do is hear the words that I'm saying and, and come in agreement and say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, amen, so be it, yes, Lord. So here's the prayer I have for you. It's a scriptural prayer from Ephesians. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in you? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe? And this is all in accordance with the working of the strength of of his might, which he bought, brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his right hand in heavenly places. Amen. God bless you. You live a life of freedom. Live a supernatural life in an unsupernatural world. God bless you.